Money. It affects our everyday life. But how do we make more of it? Manage it. And make sure we make the most of our money. Welcome to Money Mindful, a podcast to teach and support you as you learn to manage your money. Hello, beautiful people. How are you today? It's great to be with you for the fourth episode of the Money Mindful podcast. I'm your host, Megan. Let's get into it. Following on from last week, we're going to be talking about how to organize your money flow. Now that you have a budget and you know what your expenses are and what you want to spend your money on, how do you organize your money so that you have the money to cover your expenses as they arrive? I feel like I might have said this before, but it's a good point and worth saying again. Every money book that I have read all have a slightly different method for managing your money. There are certainly some common similarities that I will mention in a moment, but the point is they all have a different way and that is because we're all different people with different circumstances. What works for me won't necessarily be the best method that works for you. So it's good to be clear to take what I say today with a grain of salt, use what works for you and change what doesn't. If you're in Australia where I am, unless you have been living under a rock, I'm pretty sure you would have heard of Scott Pape, the barefoot investor. I would recommend his books if you are just starting out with managing your money and want to learn the basics of managing your money in a very simple way. He is all about simplicity, which is great, and I highly recommend him. But you know what? Despite some similarities with what I do, his money allocation method doesn't quite work for me, and that's totally fine. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I want you to be clear that there's no one way that is the best way or the only way or the right way to do something when it comes to money and many other things in life for that matter. I want to encourage you to learn from what I do and adapt it to suit your life. Many financial experts say a similar variation of the following. When it comes to spending your money, don't spend more than 70% on your living expenses. Save 10% for long-term savings and investments. Save 10% for the short-term big expenses like a new car or a home deposit. Save 5% on whatever you want. Um, Sorry, spend 5% on whatever you want and give 5% to charity. There are no hard and fast rules, but this is a common formula you can use to allocate your income. I don't follow this allocation of money to the letter, but I use it as a guide when I review my finances. I have moments of doubt when I worry I'm spending too much on an area of my life or not enough in another, and I find this allocation a useful yardstick to measure against. I'm going to reference last week's episode on budgeting, so if you haven't listened to that already, you might want to pause this and go back and listen to episode three on budgeting first. By now, you should have a clear idea on what you spend your money on. So how do you organize it? You're going to need to open the following accounts. You'll want an expense account. This account is to cover all your essential and fixed, um, sorry, all your essential expenses, fixed and variable. A buffer account. This account is for savings to cover you in an emergency. 
a savings account. This is an account to accumulate money to use for long-term investing. A holiday account. This is an account for the fun things like holidays or special events that need to be saved for. A spending account. This is your personal account to spend on whatever you want. And special savings accounts. Um, This or these accounts are to save for other specific things that are not covered in what I already mentioned. Okay, so let me break each account down for you and explain how to allocate your income into each account. Firstly, the expense account. This account is for all your essential expenses and regular discretionary expenses that you know you want to and will spend money on throughout the year, such as gym memberships or haircuts. In fact, we actually have two expense accounts, one for all our annual bills and one for everything else. And I'll explain why in a moment. Now, I'm sure you would have noticed from your budget that you will have a combination of regular weekly and monthly expenses as well as yearly ones. Once you've completed your budget, add up the yearly costs of all your essential expenses and then divide it by the frequency of your pay. So for example, if you get paid every week, divide it by 52 and then you know how much you have to put aside for your bills each week. We get paid fortnightly so I like to work out all our expenses on a fortnightly basis. That's why I like using an Excel spreadsheet for our budget because you can set up formulas to do the calculations for you. And let me give you an example. So our car registration is about $800 per year. I think it's a bit more than that but let's go with $800 for simplicity. You need to divide 800 by 26 because of 26 fortnights in the year and then you'll get a total of $30.76. Now let's round that up to $31. So I know to have enough money to pay my car rego, I need to put away $31 a fortnight. So getting back to why we have two expense accounts, using our budget information we calculate the total of all our annual expenses and work out the fortnightly amount by dividing it by 26. And then we simply round it up and make sure we put that amount of money in our annual expense account. For all our other weekly and monthly expenses, we do the same by adding it all up and working out the fortnightly amount we need to put away and put it in the second expense account. We do this because you might be surprised how much you actually have to put away per fortnight to cover your yearly expenses. It can be more than you think, which is why many of us get caught out, myself included. The reason we separated out our yearly expenses is sometimes we would get carried away with you know, some big grocery shops or think we had more money than we did and we'd come up short when it came to our yearly accounts. So by separating it out, we have more control to make sure the money is there for the annual expenses. And if our weekly expense account starts to dry up, we quickly know we have to tone it down and we're overspending. So now to the budget, um, the budget account, now to the buffer account or what Melissa Brown in her book refers to as the oh fuck account. I love that. To cover any unexpected emergency expenses or shortfalls. So How much you have in a buffer account is up to you. I would say a minimum should be three months living expenses, but you could aim for six or 12 months worth. 
If you work in your own business or contract, I would go with the latter. Well, even if you've got an ongoing position, it's up to you, whatever you feel comfortable with. Having a buffer account gives me more confidence investing and in general peace of mind because I know if something unexpected happens, we have the money to cover it. And that has happened. We only just recently had this um, big cost come up with one of our investment properties and that was a bit of an old shit moment because we did not expect that expense but we had the funds there so it was it was okay so your savings account is for long-term investing you might use it to accumulate funds to invest in shares or use it for a deposit on your home or investment property or other investment vehicles like bonds This account is so important to your financial future, but if you are drowning in debt, you might channel these funds into debt elimination first. Your holiday account is pretty self-explanatory. You might call the account something else like car deposit, but whatever you call it, this account is to save for the big short-term fun expenses like holidays or a new car. And then you have your spending account, This is your personal account to spend on whatever you want. As a couple and family unit, we toyed with the idea of having all our income paid into one account, but we agreed we liked having our own accounts, so we've kept it that way. We each have an amount to spend fortnightly on whatever we want, and that way we can save up for our own things or buy each other a present, or in my case, buy another investment or mindset book without having to consult the other about it. And just as a side note worth mentioning here, I can't even imagine my partner doing the dodgy on me if we separated. Well, for starters, I organize all the money, so I can't see that happening. And I'm not trying to be all doom and gloom, but separations do happen and people can do some crazy shit when they break up. So in light of that, I just think it's a good idea to have your own money and accounts and also be on top of how the money is managed, even if you're not the primary one who takes care of the finances. And we also earn different incomes, and um, but we split up our money equally. We both have the same amount of spending money. That's a personal preference in your relationship. You can do whatever you want. That's how we do it in our house. And lastly, the special savings account are just for anything that you specifically want to save for that doesn't fit into any of the above categories. For example, I have a savings account for each of my girls. I save a small amount each fortnight so that when they are older, I already have money put aside to help them with a major expense. But hopefully they will learn from me to be amazing money managers money managers and in that case I will just have some extra savings in you know 10 or 20 years time a bonus either way so this might seem like a lot of accounts to you but I don't like to monitor every dollar we spend the thought of that seems really tedious and painful to me I like being able to just spend what is in the account without thinking about each expense By separating our expenses into the two different accounts, like I explained, and having separate savings accounts means we can use our personal accounts for the fund splurges and I know we can rely on our expense account to cover all our essential expenses. As I outlined in the last episode on budgets, I work out 
our spending once a year only and distribute the funds accordingly. And then I always have enough to cover our expenses and stay out of debt. The final step in setting up your accounts is to automate it. I highly recommend setting up direct debits for your savings and buffer account. Some employers have the facility to distribute your income to different accounts directly or if that's not available to you, you can simply set up direct debits to come out the day after you get paid. It's much easier to stick with savings plans if the money is deposited straight away as then you just get used to not having it in the first place. I also have majority of my bills set up on direct debits. This is a personal preference to save time. When you have bills set to direct debit, they email you the bill to notify when the payment will come out. And I still always check the bills, but then I forget about it and know it will be covered. I'll I'll put a reference to Scott Pape's book, The Barefoot Investor, um, and Melissa Brown's book, Unfuck Your Finances, in the show notes at www.moneymindful.com.au. The Barefoot Investor is an unapologetic Aussie bloke who says it like it is and has an ability to really simplify financial concepts and essential read for any Australian starting out on their financial journey. And I say Australian because there are so many great books out there, but many are written by people in the US. They still have great content, but some of it is just simply not relevant to us in Australia. So I want to share with you the Australian resources. Melissa Brown is also from Australia. Thanks for hanging out with me this week. The purpose of this podcast is to share information about money and how to manage it by giving you real examples and getting money talk out in the open. It never ceases to astound me or worry me when I talk to my colleagues and friends about money and it quickly becomes apparent that they do or don't do particular things with their money simply because they are just unaware of what is possible. They lack financial literacy and this robs them of having more money because they don't know how to manage it. So I hope sharing what I do has given you some insight today into what is possible. Well done for taking the time to educate yourself about money. Have a great week. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Money Mindful podcast. For more info, visit moneymindful.com.au. For future episodes, be sure to subscribe. And remember, the information in this podcast is of a general nature only and does not take into account your personal circumstances or goals. Please seek professional advice for your own financial needs. Remember to have fun along the way. 